Hey, what's going on, folks? How's everybody doing? Welcome to another round of the Union Underground Podcast. All right, we're going to kind of jump right into it, I guess. I don't know. That's how it goes. Got my phone going crazy over here. Um, real quick, don't forget to check out our link page with the show info and all the direct links to the platforms that we are featured on and give them a follow or a subscribe. And don't forget to share uh, the show with your friends and family, uh, hopefully in the ne- very near future. Uh, we are going to be uh, added to iHeartRadio. So once that's up and going, um, we'll have a link uh, posted up to start promoting it over on iHeartRadio. Um, actually, right before I started uh, doing this uh, recording tonight, um, we actually got the, from what I can tell so far, we got the okay from iHeartRadio. So still trying to figure out the link and how to work that and post it. So um, these notes are actually just a few minutes off the time stamp, I guess. I don't know. A little off, but regardless. Uh, yeah. Once we get it up, we'll make post about it on uh, Facebook and everything. And uh, be sure to mention it on the show. Uh, be sure to give our Facebook page a like and a share as well. Speaking of which. And also, if you want to come on the show, talk preps, tips, or promote a product, reach out to us at the Union Underground Podcast at gmail.com. That is all one word. All right. I was able to get all that in before the opening song went out. We can go ahead and close that out, though. How about that? There we go. A little jazzy piano in the background for tonight instead of elevator music like we normally do. So for last week, whenever we had uh, Elena Garcia on, and if you have not checked out that episode, definitely give that a listen. It's a good long listen. Actually, it's like an hour and 45 minutes on that one. Uh, so we did pretty good. We're uh, trying to get things squared up to where we can get her back on here. And uh, hopefully in, uh, this next week, me and her will be able to record again and get uh, get her back on here. I know there's a couple of uh, topics I want to definitely cover with her. So there's been a couple of shows with her on it. Um, just getting schedules lined up and everything. So that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, but anyways, uh, what a crazy last couple of weeks has been. I'm dealing with this mess over in Afghanistan and cabal uh, with Biden leaving Americans stranded and then handing over something like, I think it was like $80 billion worth of uh, our very own military equipment to uh, the terrorist, you know, so <laughs> I didn't vote for him. So uh, I do not support that one bit. And then we had uh, Hurricane Ida slamming into Louisiana. Uh, I think those folks down there in Louisiana have had enough of hurricanes um, with Katrina. And I think Gustav hit down there years later. I was in that. I was in both of those. Um, luckily, my years of on the road is uh, over, so I don't have to deal with being in hurricanes. Did do relief efforts on that last one that went up and hit Alexandria. But, you know, Persian thoughts go out to the folks down there in uh down there in uh, Louisiana and uh, I guess along the Texas uh, region that got hit too. But it is, like I say, it's been just crazy craziness going on in the world. Um, Which brings us to the show. Um, If there's ever been a time to prep, now is it with everything going on. Um, If you are on the fence or your or not folks, but friends, family, they're on the fence about prepping. Um, Uh, you know, point them to the show. This is definitely the time to uh, uh, get on board with it. 
you know, and, and get into it. Um, something to think about, you know, uh, with, with about being on the fence with uh, prepping and, and wondering if you should or shouldn't, is it even worth it? Um, think about it this way. The technology that is in this equipment that the Taliban uh, has now in their possession is pretty much beyond their smarts. Um, they're not going to be able to figure out a lot of it because I know a lot of that stuff in those drones and things are um, coded and ever, you know, stuff like that. And I don't, I don't, from what I've read and heard, they don't, they don't have the technology to figure out our technology, basically. But if you think for one second that that equipment isn't going to go to the highest buyer on the black market from other countries uh, to learn our ways and how we uh, have developed uh, technology-wise, then you are on a whole other level of delusion. Because um, me personally, I truly believe that another 9-11 is officially in the countdown stages. Um, And all we can do is just be ready to uh, go on the move and bug out because it's inevitable. Uh, you know, um, it's, it's going to be a nine, nine 11 to 2001, I believe is going to be, uh, basically child's play, um, compared to what we're facing, uh, on this next go around with terrorist attacks. Um, pray that it doesn't happen, but let's face it. We're not in a good position, uh, here in the States. Also on a side note with Afghanistan, um, I do have on some pretty good authority uh, from a current active serviceman um, in the uh, Marine Corps that uh, his company, uh, along with other companies in the Marines and other branches, they are actually on standby right now for a deployment to go back to that ratchet no- nation. So uh, this may not be over uh, yet with um, with our stranded Americans over there, you know, so all we can do is just hope and pray. Uh, so keep keep all of those Americans that are over there stranded uh, in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, hopefully they'll get a safe return home. Uh, also, speaking of uh, 9-11, uh, we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of that this week. Uh, so please be sure to take a moment uh, in the coming week uh, to remember those that sacrificed their lives to rescue uh, and those that innocently lost their lives uh, in the attacks on that uh, crazy, crazy morning. I know it was definitely a game changer for um, everyone around here. Just um, in general, it was nothing like we had ever seen. I think probably something like Pearl Harbor may have been, you know, the most recent from that, you know, on a major attack. But um, unlike most, I along w- uh, with hopefully you that is listening, haven't forgotten uh, those that are responsible for that horrible day. And, me personally, I do believe in forgiveness, but this is not a forgivable uh, situation, and this is definitely not going to be ever forgettable. And I have not forgotten, and I won't forget. Um, but anyways, off of that little soapbox, um, and I, I maybe I shouldn't have said soapbox. Um, On to happier things, I guess. I don't know. Um, I know when it comes to preps and stuff, it's it's cool to talk about, but sometimes it's a little stressful and, you know, I try to keep things stress free, stress free as possible on the show for you guys that are listening. So, uh, let's see if we can do that this round. All right. Uh, on today's show, um, first off, happy national preparedness month. Uh, that's right. September is national preparedness month. And that's what we are going to be focusing on all this month for all of our shows. Um, 
we'll uh, eventually be doing a recap of the previous shows later this month, um, going over old topics and just kind of reviewing things. We're not going to go into deep, deep detail like we did on the uh, previous shows, but we're going to. I'm going to go through notes and piece together some stuff like your 72-hour kit, emergency kit, long-term food stores, bug-out bags, stuff like that. Um, just to make sure, you know, we're all getting prepared, you know, and focusing in on it. You know, we should we should uh, be prepping, you know, all the time. But uh, um, September is recognized as National Preparedness Month. Uh, but uh, this round, we are going to talk about setting up an emergency plan for your neighborhood. Um, so we're going to go off the beaten path of grid down EMP, nuclear strikes, uh, Tia Tawaki, you know, into the world as we know it. We're going to, we're going to veer off of that tonight and mostly this month. Um, and we're going to focus more on local being prepared, uh, which we'll probably end up venturing off back into grid down and, you know, stuff like that. And really, Real hardcore SHTF situations, but tonight we're going to talk about uh, coming up with uh, uh, an emergency plan for your neighborhood. Um, now, uh, in an emergency, we often rely on our first responders like police, firefighters, medical personnel to come and help. But let's be real. That in a huge disaster like a tornado or earthquake, hurricane like Ida that just hit, um, or even a wildfire, um, all of those resources will be thinned out to a depletion due to the demand and probably lack of being able to get around with road closures, power lines down, stuff like that. It just depends on what's going on. Um, but uh, And you could be looking at hours or even days before help arrives. So it's up to you um well, it's up to us as a community uh, to help each other. You know, we need to, we all have to come together as a community. And I've, I've seen it done, you know, especially in hurricanes. Like I said, I've been in Katrina. I've been in Hurricane Gustav. I've been in uh, Hurricane Ike. I've been, I've been in multiple hurricanes as a truck driver. And one thing that I have seen a lot of is the community, how they do come together and work together. Um, I've done a lot of relief efforts, um, even on this last hurricane that went up. And hit Alexandria, uh, my current company that I work for locally. You know, I don't go anywhere. Um, we did relief efforts for our yard in Alexandria. And we took uh, three truckloads of supplies down there, you know, to, you know, show our we're united with our our brethren um, at our sister yard and distributed. Uh, we were able to distribute generators and stuff out. So and I kind of veered off the path with that little story. <laughs> Sorry, but um, anyways, uh, and like I say, now I know I talk a lot about SHTF and grid down, but we should also think about uh, what could be considered a minor SHTF situation, um, which would be natural disasters, um, things of that nature. Now that, like I said, that's not Tia Tawaki situation, and it doesn't require a long-term bugging out except for maybe like a wildfire. Um, that's something that you would definitely need to bug out and you're looking at relocation at that point if they don't get the fire under control. Now, that would be more West Coast where all the wildfires are, even Colorado. I think they're having some right now. Or maybe it was Colorado or California. I saw on the news the other day. But regardless. Um, but, yeah, this is this is going to be stuff that we can do in our own neighborhood, in our own backyard. Um to have have our our streets, cul-de-sacs, blocks, you know, just our our, our immediate area, uh, keep it safe, keep it uh, um, safe, secure, 
you know, uh, things of that nature. Um, the first thing that you're going to want to do is you're going to want to get to know your neighbors. Now, if you are new to the area, um, I know uh, me and my family were actually about to move, and we're going to be moving to we're going to stay in the same general area, but we're going to be moving to a different street and stuff, and going into a new neighborhood here in the very very near future. So, um, you know, it's going to be up to me to get to go and know the neighbors, um, and that's. What you have to do is uh, first step uh, in responding to a disaster as a community is getting to know the other members of your community beforehand. Uh, knowing of your knowing of your neighbors who are elderly, people with disabilities, um, or who otherwise might uh, be more likely to need help, uh, folks with children. Um, that's another one too. Um, this way, you know where to start when checking on statuses of your neighbors following a disaster. Um, it's also good to know if there are people nearby that uh, who have special skills like medical training or tools and equipment that could help save someone's life. Um, chainsaws, um, I don't know, chains, <laughs> my mind just went blank there because I didn't put notes and stuff there for uh, little um, references on that. That's my bad. But yeah, people that's got like chainsaws that could cut uh, trees, like trees that fall um, through a house, trap people in the house, stuff like that, cut a tree out or cut a door open, medical training personnel, um, get to know who your, your nurses are and your doctors are, even, even CNAs and LVNs, you know, any, any kind of medical background will be a huge help, um, in situations like that. Um, I personally would start uh, with going to, um, and this is only if you have one in your neighborhood, and most neighborhoods nowadays do, um, going to HOA meetings and contacting the head of your HOA and the members of your HOA and coming up with a plan, um, getting them involved, coming up with a plan to zone areas and have uh, team leads to meet and coordinate uh, their street or a certain block radius uh, to be responsible for. Um HOA uh, meetings are a good place, like I say, to to meet with your neighbors or just going door to door. Or if you see your neighbors out and about, go and talk to them, strike up a conversation with them, you know, um, then have to come off as crazy. Did um, you, you uh, engage members of your community to share information about disaster preparedness? Um, according to the CDC, 53 percent of people. Uh, receive preparedness information through conversation with neighbors, friends, or family. So keep that in mind. Um, use community networks to share updates about emergencies. Networking is the easiest part of the job. Uh, so put together a meeting, and uh, you can hand out flyers on your street. Social media, like uh, the Neighbors app, is a great place to uh, zero in on a specific area to reach um, people to promote uh, an initial meeting. Um, whenever I've had a uh, previous meetings, I've learned that food is a great incentive to persuade folks to come out of their house. So, uh, burgers, hot dogs, super cheap, easy to throw together, throw it on the grill, you know, put that on the flyer, just tell people just show up. All right. Um, just keep things simple. Uh, you don't want to come across as a crazy tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist. Um, but, uh, you know, Call it something like neighbors helping neighbors or neighborhood emergency response team. You know, give it some cool name like that. You know, um, and uh, but um, you know, 
get get something together where where everybody can come together and 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 get to know each other as a neighborhood. Um, during an emergency, the strength of an entire neighborhood could be dependent on the weakest link. Um, our goal is to work together to make our community more resilient. In many neighborhood, it, in many neighborhoods, it is likely that neighbors will need to work together to ensure that every structure is protected by a 100-foot buffer zone and defensible space. Um, so you you need to, and I'll I know it's in my notes somewhere else in here, and I'll probably repeat it again, but um. You know, you, you've got to have that buffer zone around your area. So if you're working with just your street, if you have if you just want to focus on your street and your neighbors on your street, that's cool. If you want to do a three street uh, area, you want to do a three block area, a five block area, you want to do, you know, just your cul-de-sac, that's cool. But set up your zone to, uh, you know, block it off. You want to block off your area. Um, until uh, help can come arrive and, and uh, bring relief aid uh, and check everything out for you. Uh, you should develop a plan for emergencies that are subject to your area. Um, like here in North Texas where we're at, we're not going to focus on wildfires. We're not going to focus on hurricanes, but we would focus more on like tornadoes and flooding. Uh, we have a lot of that here um, in what is considered Tornado Alley. I know we got hit with some crazy tornadoes back in 2015. Um, and I know that because we were actually at the hospital having our son the night that those tornadoes ripped through uh, Rockwall. Um, and it was uh, pretty destructive uh, when that went down. There's multiple tornadoes, you know. Um, I was actually a CERT member at the time and, um, well, still am, but I couldn't respond to go do relief aid because I was at the hospital with my wife and newborn. Um, but, um, you know, that's what we would prepare for is tornadoes and, and destruction of that nature. Um, which another thing that you're going to want to do is you go, you want to have areas mapped off and marked for meeting, uh, areas for the initial start of the recovery and response. Uh, best way to, uh, best thing to do here. I'm sorry. I'm getting up. I don't know, like a reverb sound or something. It's not like I'm in a can in my headphones. Sorry. I'm trying to adjust my levels here. Sorry about that. Anyways. Um, yeah. Uh, best thing you want to do on that is, uh, do a get you a satellite view on Google Maps. Um, that is going to be a great tool to use uh, to print uh, your map off of and work from there. Um, now, I say a satellite view um, for your map because you want to get an actual view of obstacles that could be uh, obstructions and issues during your recovery efforts. Um, trees, bushes, creek beds, um, giant boulders that might be in someone's yard and it's dark and you can't really see too well. Um, you should uh, also have a home marked and ready for uh, medical treatment. Someone's home. You should have someone set their home up to or vol be able to volunteer their home, preferably that one person that's got the medical background to uh, be able to set their, their living room up um, for uh, medical treatment. Uh, even if it's just the garage. Um, and I just lost my spot because I looked away from my screen. I know how I do every time. It's not a successful show if I don't lose my spot in my notes, right? Um, oh, there we go. Uh, <laughs> have homes large enough and willing to put people up for the night in the event uh, that their home is not safe to enter um, or for the elderly that can't fully take care of themselves in a disaster, um, especially if there's a power outage. Um, 
some folks, uh, some elderly and uh, disabled people uh, can't go without power, um, need need the power. And if, especially if somebody's got a generator that can produce power, um, like to keep their medicines uh, stayed cold, you know, or whatnot, um, or they got a breathing machine that they need. Um, and this is one of those situations where you should have a generator for power, um, for power outages. Um, I know I'm, uh, I've been pretty hardcore on not using a generator, but in this situation, yes, generators are going to be needed. Um, you're going to want to assemble a team also to go house to house, checking on folks and, uh, don't just go kicking in doors. Um, go knock pretty heavy, you know, identify yourself. You know, you're on the neighbors helping neighbors team or the neighbor rescue team, you know, your neighborhood should know who y'all are. Um, but, uh, definitely don't go, just go kicking in doors. Um, that is a surefire way to get shot at or shot. Um, you're, um, going to want to, uh, when you, when you set up that team, have your rules set up to, um, you know, if, if, if nobody wants help, then don't push it. All right. Um, also come up with a system. If people are injured, have a system set up to basically level one, two, and three you could use. Uh, one is, you know, they're fine. They're going to be fine. Not a big deal. Two, we need to get them medical attention, um, you know, sooner than later. And three, um, this is a, unfortunately, it's a lost cause. They're not going to survive this. Um, two would be, you know, let's let's get them to, you know, get them medical attention medical attention sooner than later ASAP um, and and have, you know, people on standby to be able to transport those people back to your medical house or medical tent that you've got set up for uh, for medical uh, needs. Um, you're going to want to have an OPSEC team. OPSEC OPSEC team, your security team. Uh, they're going to need to take shifts and protect the street from looters. Um, I'd use vehicles for roadblocks and defense barriers. Um, at that point, uh, when it comes down to my safety, I'm not too worried about uh, my vehicle, my truck, or my wife's car. We would use that uh, for a defense barrier, especially if uh, people started shooting. Um, anything to slow people down from getting in with other vehicles on foot. Um, they can still get in, but it will not be as fast as a car come crashing through and running over people. So that's something to keep in mind. I'm not going to go into like super major detail because I could talk for hours on each individual thing. I mean, that could be just its own show in itself. But anyways, um, definitely uh, have your team of uh, security uh, ready to uh, especially work the night shift. Uh, be out there because that's when people typically uh, like to get sneaky because it's dark. Um, and don't focus on just the street Focus on behind the houses, alleys if you have them, creek beds that run up behind your neighborhood. Um, people are going to get sneaky, all right? And they're going to look for anything. It's it's going to be kind of a good trial run for a, a grid down SHTF. Um, but, you know, hopefully not as crazy. Now, um... Hopefully, uh, you have got your 72-hour emergency kits, and this is going to be where you are going to want to break these dudes out and reap the benefits of your preps uh, from being by being ready. 
Um, keep in mind that when meeting your neighbors, uh, bring up that 72-hour kit. Uh, put together a list of items uh, that you have in your kit and hand that list out to folks um, to build their own and have ready. Um, when you do your meeting with them, you can also uh, break that kit out and show them what's all in it. Um, you know, go over the rules, you know, or not the rules, but the guidelines, you know, um, remember two is one, one is none. Um, you're going to want one gallon of water per head in the house, uh, you know, three days worth. Um, I look at it as two gallons of water per head in the house on standby. Um, also, um, you can, um, Go over to our link page that I'm always promoting on here. And, of course, we're going to have the link in the description. But if you'll go to the link page and there is a share tab on there and there is a QR code that will pop up, you can bring that QR code up and you can screenshot it. All right. Or I think you can actually download it to your phone, too. Um, you can show them that, let them scan that uh, QR code. It'll take them to the link page, and they can uh, head over to the page and give the show a listen on the 72-hour kits because there is an episode there from season one. I think it's like episode number three maybe that um, we did the 72-hour kits, maybe episode four, whatever. It's titled. Y'all know what I mean. Now we're there, I hope. But, uh, yeah, so um, 72-hour kits. Be sure to talk to people about that, you know. Um, you're going to want to coordinate meetings monthly, bi-monthly, quarterly, maybe. Um, that's going to be your call. Um, you know, don't make it a, you didn't come to the meeting, you can't be in our group. You know, people get busy, all right? So, you know, um, if people can't make it to the meetings, then, you know, catch up with them, you know, one day when you see them checking their mail or you, you catch them out in the front yard or walking the dog or something and say, hey, you know, we had the meeting, this is what we went over, this is what we're doing, you know, and keep them in the loop. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. This isn't a starting a tribe or a group or anything like that. This is just, you know, basic emergency survival and emergency situation in your neighborhood. Um, but anyways, uh, organize your meetings around something, like I said earlier, a cookout or something as a simple hangout in the garage, you know. Um, if you got a pool table or a ping pong table, you know, or whatever, you got a sound system in your garage, you know, or, you know, radio, put on some tunes and just hang out, smoke some cigars, have some cold ones, whatever, you know, just get together and make it as casual as possible. Don't make it a a big hoorah of, of stress because it doesn't need to be, you know, just go over stuff. Um, uh, have your teams work with neighboring zones and streets surrounding your area. Uh, remember their strength in numbers. Uh, and also be sure to practice running drills. Um Make it fun. Make it a make it make it a game. Things like that, you know. Just once again, keep it stress free as possible. Um, nothing to nothing to stress about there. I feel like that music's like blaring in my ear for some reason. <laughs> Anyways, be sure uh, you also want to be sure to have some flashlights and glow sticks on hand in the event of something. In the event of every all this happening at night. For some reason, it seems like tornadoes and stuff or emergencies typically want to happen in the middle of the night. Don't know why, but it always seems to work out that way. Um, you want to have, a, like I say, flashlights and glow sticks. Glow sticks, you can buy those things a pack of 100 at Walmart for like 10 bucks. Super cheap. Uh, flashlights have on you extra backup batteries. Um, now, the glow sticks, you can use those. You can uh, snap them, you know, get them glowing. If you happen to uh, catch people... 
that don't have power but they don't want to leave their house, toss them some glow sticks to get them through the night. Um, I would uh, highly suggest stay away from candles, uh, especially if uh, the house has got damage to it, structural damage because of the house collapsing with the candle. Could be looking at a fire. Um, radios. Uh, radios like a Bofang two-way 20-channel radio is a great little communications tool and decent, decently priced on Amazon. I have a set of them. I think... I want to say I paid like 20 bucks for them, 20, 25 bucks for the set. This was like a pack of two. Um, great little radio, gets a good little range on it. Um, and these little radios, they also run on a ham radio frequency. So if you are a licensed ham radio operator, you can still communicate with these little radios in your neighborhood. Um, I uh, have the two-way radios. I have a set of those. And I also have a set of Bofang ham radio with the extended antenna. I have just the little cheap Bofang. I don't know what model this is. It's like just the little cheap one. Oh, the UV-5RA. They're sitting here on my table, like right next to me. And the Bofang 20 channel is, it is literally like just the cheapest little radio on the market that they had on Amazon. And, I mean, it's a, it's got a little flashlight on it. It's like 20 channels, something like that. And it's a, it's a cool little radio. I actually bought it when I was teaching to communicate with students. Um, now I use them, well, keep them here at home on charger and stuff but um anyways uh yeah the uh they they communicate i've got both of my bofang ham radios on the frequency for my handheld walkie-talkies bofang and i've tested them i've uh walked around the neighborhood with them with my wife on one and me on the other and they they work great so i'm not making this up it has been tested with tested with a great success outcome on that so, yeah, get you some radios um, to communicate. If it is feasible, I suggest for folks to invest in a fire extinguisher. Uh, be sure uh, how to know your fire extinguisher or how to know your fire extinguisher. Be sure to know how to use your fire extinguisher. Uh, remember, aim low and sweep back and forth. Don't aim high. Aim low towards the base of your fire and sweep back and forth. Also, be sure to know what kind of fire extinguisher that you are getting. There are different types. You have an A, a B, and a C, and then you have some that veer off into other realms, uh, but they are all for different kinds of fires. You have fire, chemical fire extinguishers. You've got electrical fire extinguishers. You've got paper fire extinguishers, paper and wood fire extinguishers. So it's good to know what kind you're getting. Don't just go grab one off the shelf and throw it you know, in your buggy and go check out with it. I suggest getting you an ABC a fire extinguisher that covers most of what you're going to be putting out in an emergency situation in your neighborhood. Highly doubt you're going to have a chemical leak. Unless somebody, I don't know, has got like a meth lab or something going on, but I don't think I want to be going around that house anyways. Anyways, um, a respirator, uh, preferably with an oxygen supply um, and goggles. Um, they are great to have in your emergency kit when going from house to house due to smoke or gas leak uh Due to smoke inhalation or there's a gas leak in the house. Um, now, I know a, a full-on respirator set with an oxygen tank, you know, you get into the thousands there. Um, but definitely anything, you know, respirator-wise or even even just a mask. Um, I know with uh, the pandemic and everything, everybody's got masks laying around like crazy. So anything, um, 
anything will uh, be uh, be better than nothing. All right. Uh, speaking of gas leaks, um, uh, having a uh, gas main shutoff tool in the event of a gas leak uh, would be a great uh, small so- solid investment to have. Um, also, having a water key is a good tool to have to shut off the water in the event of busted pipes in a home. Um, that you just go out to the water main, put the big thing, you know, it's like a big T thing with a clamp on the bottom or whatever, a little U piece, and you turn it, turn the water off, shut the water off to the house. Um, gas leaks, yes, get a key for that. I think you can actually just use uh, uh, like a crescent, uh, crescent wrench. No, not a crescent wrench. I don't remember adjustable wrench. My mind just went blank on that. I should know my tools, but mine went blank. Man, my throat's drying out too. All right, so um, another great tool for more. Uh, another well, ooh, that did not make any sense when I started saying that. Um, another, I don't know why I put the word tool in there. I don't know. Let's just read this statement and see how it comes out. All right. Another great tool for more in-depth training is find yourself a FEMA cert training class. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, and I think I've mentioned it in previous um, episodes, that I am a uh, cert member myself. I've gone through the FEMA cert class. It's like a two-day class. Um, and this has really helped me in learning about helping and being prepared in my neighborhood. Um, also, having your uh, cert ID badge um, is... It's basically a pass to get you through roadblocks in the event of like uh, martial law when there's roadblocks by, you know, the police or whatever. And you got you can't get out. They're like not letting people leave the town or the county. Um, you can use that badge to say, you know, you're in response to, you know, being called to another area because um, it is a FEMA, it's a FEMA certification. Um, now, that's just what I've heard. Um, I haven't really had the chance to test that theory. Um but uh, it's better than nothing to get through roadblocks if, if it were to come to that. But regardless, it's not about that right now. It's about getting training and learning how to uh, be um, be a uh, an asset to your neighborhood in an emergency situation. And the 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 FEMA cert uh, training class is is a great way to learn um, about keeping your community safe and, and how to respond in an emergency. Um, the classes are super cheap. All you need to do is uh, just go to FEMA.gov or whatever and look up cert training and um, try to find a cl- local class in your area. I know they do them like quarterly or something, uh, but just go through that or just look up FEMA certs in whatever town you you live in. And you'll bring up something. It should bring up some, bring up a class close by. Um, and the classes are pretty fun too. They're pretty cool to do. Um, the the instructors are pretty cool and very insightful and very helpful. Um, so, yeah. All right. Uh, I hope all of this here gave you guys some insight and ideas uh, to prepare your neighborhood during National Preparedness Month. Um, there's a lot more to go into all of this here. Um, but it's, it's, you know, this is just a jumping off point. Um, I think the hardest part honestly would be figuring out a way to go talk to your neighbors, to get them on board with coming up with a group, you know, because 
you, you don't have to go out and say, hey, I'm a prepper. You know, this is what we should do for the neighborhood. No, just say, hey, you know, been reading and, and you know, think maybe, you know, wouldn't hurt, you know, if we all got together and come up with some plans, you know, and the events of an emergency like a tornado or an earthquake, stuff like that, you know, to where we can all make sure our street and our neighborhood and our families and kids and spouses, you know, we all stay safe, you know, we, we work together, you know, in, in the events of a, of a disaster like that. Um, once again, we're not talking into the world. We're not talking grid down. We're not talking, you know, bug out and all that. We're just talking a minor SHTF of a natural disaster or an emergency situation, you know, and, and, and the street comes together to keep each other protected and safe in that, in that time frame. All right. Um, but anyways, a little shorter of an episode this week, not too bad. Um, but yeah, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go hang out with the family before we start another crazy week of adulting, uh, which I'll tell you right now, no one told me adulting would suck as bad as it does, but <laughs> here we are doing it, right? Um, but yeah, we're going to finish this out, close this out, do that. Uh, let's see, where are we at in my notes? Oh, yeah. Don't forget to check out our link page with the show info and all the direct links to the platforms we are featured on. Be sure to give them a follow and or a subscribe and share it with your friends and family over there on all your social media platforms. Once we hit the iHeartRadio, we will be making a huge announcement, so be on the lookout for that. Um, I'll even have shirts made up with our show logo and iHeartRadio on it. Maybe. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Anyways, be sure to give our Facebook a like and a share as well. Invite everybody to listen to the show. And also, don't forget, if you want to come on the show and talk preps and tips or promote a product, reach out to us at the Union Underground Podcast at gmail.com. All right. Uh, don't forget, we got shirts, stickers, and wristbands. And remember the challenge I told you on the last show. If you promote the show on your social media, you take a screenshot of it 10 different times with 10 different dates and timestamps. I will send you a shirt and wristband and stickers for free. I'll even pay for the postage. All right, guys and gals. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, share the show with all of y'all's loved ones. And uh, uh, where did I just leave? I just lost my spot again. I think it's like 10 times tonight. I'm going to roll. All right. Uh, thank you for all y'all's love and support. Love you guys. Stay safe. Stay vigilant. God bless all of y'all. And remember, we're here. We're ready. We are the Union Underground. Bye.